I'm gonna kill Aquaman and destroy everything he holds dear. I'm gonna murder his family and burn his kingdom to ash. Hey, what's up, bro? I'm Aqua, bro. Blah, blah, blah. No, I'm just kidding. All right, welcome everyone to You'll Probably Agree. Today I have from Movies with Tarek, Tarek Fayumi on with me. Hello. And uh, we just got out of the screening for, I think, the last screening, not a screener, but a screening we were going to see this year, and that was Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say with this film, I went in with very low expectations, but to some level, I had much more fun with this film than I anticipated, and I think that just because of more of the underwater sequences and whatnot kind of going up a few notches and with the fact that maybe the layer of 3D was there. But all in all, to me, the film is still not like 100% new level amazing. Not close to that, but still joyful. Like the humor of Jason Momoa is what's joyful, is what's joyful of this film, as it is a lot of times when you have Jason Momoa in a movie nowadays. <laughs> right. Well, you know, here's the thing that... I liked about the movie is that the 3D you got to this movie is a lot like Avatar where you have to see it in 3D. Yes. If you see this movie in 2D, you're going to see the artificiality of it pretty much up front. And the 3D works in this film where like it doesn't still look like CGI. Yeah, but I don't know what they can do about that when they're creating entire underwater worlds on a computer. Uh but it, it, it gave the film kind of a, a very alluring look to it that's it fun to see throughout the film and it holds your attention. This film, more than anything, if I, could, if I had like one big takeaway walking out of it, I'd say it has a lot of action. That it does. Lot. And it has also many of those moments where basically when you think about it, like with the Aquaman film alone, you kind of have it where it's just like... Like, wow, the first Aquaman, good setup, but now mm -hmm. in this one, especially if in the performances of Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa, the whole thing where it's two two brothers battling for, for Atlantis, now it's just like they have to come together with hatred but still fight under their brotherhood for, 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 for the fate of Atlantis but also of the foundation that's come after. I like how they kind of outline that film, and that's where I think this, I think the stronger the chemistry of brotherhood is where is where there's the joyfulness in this in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, because this film, <laughs> if you were to boil down what it means, of course, like every film, what are most films like themes about? Family. Family. And it's always it's always family. <laughs> yeah, it and is. it gets a little repetitive. Like even in Star Wars, there's family. Like Luke Skywalker didn't have his family directly with him. But, well, he did, but, you know, he earned a family through the uh, rebels that he got to know. He got to know Han Solo <laughs> and, and Chewbacca and Princess and Leia, who <laughs> turned out to be his sister that he made out with. And he, they basically became a, fa became a family for him. And I love how in this Aquaman, like, I mean, how it goes that Jason Momoa, well, Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman, and his character, it falls to the route where it's like, oh, I have a job. I'm now a father and the king of Atlantis. So I just like that whole two-sided story that um, of how they uh, opened the, f the film because that two-sided story, I felt, you know, kind of delivered that vibe. And the vibe kind of goes well through this movie where it's like, where it's like, okay, it's been like, it's been 
almost six years since the last Aquaman, but now Aquaman's back and having to kick ass even more, despite how tiresome it may be. <laughs> Has it been six years since the first one? Almost or? six years. Wow, I had no idea. You know, I thought it came out like maybe two yeah. years ago. That's yeah. incredible. But, I mean, to go over the plot of the film, you know, we're like four minutes in, we're talking about it, but the plot of the film is it continues where the first movie left off, and if you haven't seen the first movie, that's okay. Like, mm -hmm. I saw the first movie, but... I saw it like a long time ago, I, and I I remember, remember at the much. time. I do remember that film particularly because in that era is when I was kind of on a hiatus from my film critic stuff, but then slowly getting back into it again because I realized that the film critics is what I have to do with my. So I remember Aquaman so much for the first one, more for how that's one of the films that really kind of got me in that mode. Beck, okay, I have to review this movie. I have to review it now. Now. Didn't see that one in early screening because press screenings like we attend now was not a priority for me because I knew if I were to attend early screenings, I wanted to do it in the position of where it's like I'm a critic as we yeah. are now. But now looking at Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, I've come to realize the moving parts. Like, I mean, we're not going to get into this, but Amber Heard, I think she's one of the most forgettable parts of this movie. And I'm sorry, but... She, she, she kind of serves a somewhat importance, but not an essential one enough to add much meaning to it. Well, she had an importance. She was the yeah. mother to uh, Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa, to Aquaman slash <laughs> Arthur Curry's son. <laughs> and uh, she was there to protect him. But, she, yeah, she didn't, I mean, uh, that was ba basically her role was to protect and the son. And she was part of the family because the movie doesn't really focus on, like, the, it focuses, I think, the relationship between the father and between Aquaman, you know, between Tamara Mor Tamara? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. yeah. Tamara Morrison <laughs> and uh, Jason Momoa. I thought those scenes worked really well. And there also, was a, there was like a scene earlier where they're just having a drink together <laughs> in the middle of the night. And he's talking about how, you know, you were a single father and you raised me on your own. <laughs> And you did an amazing job. You know, thank you for that. And, of course, you know. And, uh, and, even, and even that kind of thing. There's that fatherhood vibe that kind of goes in the second Aquaman, fatherhood, brotherhood, defending the kingdom of land. I feel like it's almost like, you know, to me, this is where my appreciation for this film is, even though I still think it's not quite terrible. It's almost to the downside of mediocre. But where my respect is for this continuation is I feel the fun goes up many levels uh -huh. with the comedic humor the the badass attitude of Momoa and I just feel like when you mend like all those things where it's like you know Aquaman uh, king father yeah. and mentor and also one who must learn to fight with his brother with a form of hatred I'm a king I'm a father <laughs> I'm a brother and yeah. I'm the king of Atlantis <laughs> I, I, I'm so tempted imagine imagine if there was ever a point and it's just me out of humor if Jason Momoa Imagine if someone asked him about his role of Conan. I could picture Aquaman be like, be like, be like, being like, put that shit back. Did uh, Jason Momoa play Conan the Barbarian? He did back in 2011. It was wow. a garbage film. Yeah, well. And I, I imagine, I just imagine in that time frame, imagine if you had it like, like someone brings that up to Aquaman. I could picture him being like, being like, being like in that scenario. Conan the Barbarian never fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, hey, yeah. we all got to start somewhere. Yeah, we got to start somewhere. But Jason Momoa, in this role for Aquaman going forward, I think 
even in the DC universe, I think honestly I'm have a little more faith in Aquaman yeah. than I do of many of the other superheroes. Because look at how look at I mean, remember when we saw the Flash? Look at how that <laughs> went. <laughs> yeah, they, and they re, they replay it like all the time on HBO. Whenever I'm flipping through the channels. Fucking flashes on there. That shows and how desperate that movie still is to make back what it's lost. It's, I it's, think. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, and it was a sad usage of Michael Keaton that because was. he he was he was he was like the only reason I cared to see that film. I think he was the reason anyone cared to see that film, and instead we were stuck with not one but two Ezra Millers, which just made it an ear-tearing experience. But luckily, <laughs> we didn't have that experience with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, Jason Momoa, you know, his. I have to respect what Zack Snyder did with Aquaman because Aquaman is by and far the dorkiest character of the DC comics. You know, he's, he's only powerful underwater and he talks to fish. Oh, what, yeah. And also... Even if the fish talking, whatnot, and also all these mystic, the creatures, even though I felt it looked kind of retro and interesting, thought it was going to be silly. But ironically, that's where there was some joy added to this film because it's like it just adds to the underwater adventures I did not expect to have with this film. Yeah, well, and and the thing is, this movie kind of addresses up front, like, yes, everyone makes a joke about me talking to fish. So they're basically telling the audience right when you start the film, yeah, we know that Aquaman's the dorkiest superhero of them all. But we're going to make him cool. And the way that Zack Snyder made him cool is, A, they got someone who was completely ripped. And, B, you know, they kind of gave him this punk rock attitude. You know, when you first see Aquaman in Justice League, he takes, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels and he downs it because he drinks like a fish because he lives with fish. And he throws it away and he goes in the ocean. And you're like, yeah, that's... And they actually gave him superpowers outside of the ocean right. where he has superhuman strength. Hang on. Where he has superhuman strength outside of, you know, just being underwater. And I think... That level of kind of edginess that Snyder brought to the character and then James Wan kind of like adapted and made him more fun and, you know, a lot more quippy with more jokes. Like, they actually kind of found an Aquaman that's interesting to see, you know, and fun to watch. It's not like that episode of Entourage where oh God. they're making an Aquaman movie. And, and how many seasons did they talk about making an Aquaman movie? Then I, I don't it, know. I never I, watched that show. I mean, I did watch that show, but I just remember <laughs> the amount of times. It was always set where you had the guy who played Vince as, like, the lead actor in this Hollywood era. But yet again, they kept talking about Aquaman this, Aquaman that. But I think now, if that idea ever came back, that's not freaking happening. Jason Momoa's freaking Aquaman, and yeah. he's the right Aquaman. Well, I'm again, <laughs> we, we picture Aquaman as this kind of lanky guy with blonde hair, and he wears the same suit, but he's not cool like Momoa is. Like... I mean, do I think Jason Momoa is, like, really all that cool? No, not really. But he's cool enough for the character where they give him an edge factor that makes him work. And in this film, they give him a lot of room to make jokes and have humor. And it doesn't feel intrusive, the humor. It's not like The Last Jedi where you're like, all right, why are they adding jokes right here when we're supposed to be, 
you know, uh, watching the story. <laughs> you know, we're not having a they, – they don't have, like, a record skip moment where Luke Skywalker no. throws the lightsaber <laughs> over and his head. The tagline that just comes to my head, and it just came to my mind right before we watched this movie, the one thing I could just picture, and I think I posted about it in excitement, it was – it's that question where, like, Jason Momoa would say in the first one, permission to come aboard i was just thinking in my head well we're, we're gonna be getting on board quite a few times in this one especially with the amount of times we've gone underwater with just actually watching aquaman in the lost kingdom but my meaning is that basically with all that is that when you have like like aquaman this is one of those films where it's like if you have motion sickness or stuff like that you may want to be, be ready for for the ride you're about to take, especially if you plan to watch this in IMAX or 3D or any form like that. It may be worth it for some, but in the end, it's still enjoyable in 2D, I'm sure, as well. Well, I think in 2D it would look like shit. Because it probably would. <laughs> because, look, there's many, this, the trident. The trident throwing is probably the most triumphant yeah. part of this movie. Well, the trident's coming right uh, at you in the, 3D. The, the trident of epicness and the trident of triumphs. That's what I Okay, there, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot of effects that are intentionally made to be 3D. You know, like I said before, it's like Avatar. You're meant to, which, I mean, the last Avatar was the way of water where they went underwater. Oh. There's, there, there's like a trend going on with underwater movies in 3D. But, I mean, this film... It would look like shit in 2D it would. because Avatar looks like and, shit in 2D. And now that and, you, and now that you mention Avatar, one thing I want to go like I've come to realize now you're making film sets in this day and age where the film set is all water bo- wa- underwater based now literally. Yeah. Like what I mean is like the cost of literally a James Cameron set even though James Cameron's not directors, but if you want anything underwater at James Cameron's level for like the set alone, you're looking at about twelve million or more dollars. Yeah, for the set alone of that right. shit. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, here's so so. Let's kind of break yeah, down a little her. bit of uh, what the film's about, so people yes. aren't so, like, okay, they're talking look, about the film, but well, we don't know much. We're gonna about give the, the foundation now. Let's. I'll read off the plot of IMDb. So here's how it goes. Okay. I mean, I'm just to give a better understanding. There's all different types of plots, but if yeah. I had to shorten this and condense it, for those of you who have watched the first Aquaman. Basically, this is the continuation after Aquaman, like you would see in most superhero franchise. But instead of like jumping to more of like any like like foundation or theories that are all fictional comic book wise, it jumps to the point where it's like, okay, Aquaman became the ruler of Atlantis after defeating his brother. Mm -hmm. And now he has priorities as a king and and as a member of the Justice League, even though the Justice League isn't really quite a big presentation of this movie. Yeah, they're not they're not no. even mentioned. So, I don't so honest there's no Batman. I thought Batman was gonna be in this or No, I mean honestly you might there if you're gonna think about Justice League characters, the only one you have to have on your mind right now is Arthur Curry slash Batman if you watch this movie. Arthur the, Curry slash Batman? I'm joking. <laughs> you mean slash Aquaman. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> however, you never know. Maybe there's a hidden gem somewhere, but I haven't found that hidden gem myself. So. Uh, but, yeah, like, basically what and happens is they, they uh, after the first film, his brother tried to take over uh, Atlantis, and it didn't work out. The brother got defeated. He got locked up. And now there's a new threat, or it's not a new threat. This guy, Black Manta. Yeah, Black Manta, or David as he's called David Kane in the movie. And, and and now, despite the hatred and the jealousy, well, why is he mad at Aquaman? Beca- because Aquaman defeat him and he- took over like his point of a ruler. Kind of like it's almost they don't they jump around a lot with that. It's kind of like it's almost like 
hate among the term of like someone who deserves something. Well, he like hates higher him. ground. He hates him because he killed his father. Killed his With, father, but well, in, indirectly, he in, didn't indir directly kill him. It's more it, not indirectly, but then at the same time, it falls more to then that happened, but then he became the ruler of yeah of things that his brother once was. So it's like it's more of like hatred among two events that have put Aquaman in the position of power. Yeah, where 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 his brother. Like, like, truly feels that he never deserved it. Yeah. But, but now there's like a chance of reconciliation. That's them having to come together to to, to stop Manta, aka yeah. David Kane, from stopping his threat yeah. towards towards basically towards basically uh, destroying the, the, the world, destroying so the world, or worsening create, it anymore. Yeah. Um, well, and it's here's the thing I liked about the uh, the plot with the villain is that it's actually an allegory for global warming. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Especially if the underwater sequences so often and whatnot. And, and we see that, well, the opening title was Ice Caps Melting. And then it said, you know, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. But, like, basically what's happened, this Lost Kingdom that they're talking about in the movie, uh, I think it's called Sentra. Or something like that. Well, now that you mention but, ice, you make me think of our souvenirs. We end up getting the, these ice cube trays. So look. Oh, I didn't get so, that. So, so look, global warming. So thank you, global warming, for encouraging souvenirs for press of Aquaman. Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah. that. Well, it's, it's funny because th this movie is actually about how the villain, how David uh, Kane or Black Manta, however you want to call him, uh, he ends up devising a plan that basically is going to destroy the world by accelerating global warming when Atlantis wants to save the world and prevent global warming. But, you know, basically this guy is going to trash the world all for his ego and all for his revenge. And, and it, it works. It works because... Yeah, because that's a current event that they're putting directly in the film, and it doesn't feel like it's like politically uh, uh, soapboxing or anything like that. It's just addressing something that we're, we currently have, and it works perfectly because Aquaman's underwater. When the world ends, Atlantis will survive because everything will be underwater. They'll uh, be fine. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll totally, they'll totally, they'll, die. they'll totally be fine. And just wait. I'm sure when I'm, sh I know for a fact after this, there's gonna be another Aquaman. Obviously. Well, we'll see In how much money it makes. However, <laughs> I think this one will break even enough to continue, though. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, no no promises. But, however, though, I am quite amazed at how much more I enjoyed this movie than I currently expect. I remember thinking, okay, I'm up and down about this experience. I don't know how much I'm going to enjoy it or how mediocre this is going to be. Because yeah. my faith of DC is never that high and never that low. It's always right on a neutral level. Yeah. Because when you think about it, I mean, even though Marvel's kind of lacking too in some cases, DC never really developed like like a proper storyline or foundation for many of their heroes in the beginning. They kind of just jumped all into it yeah. kind of thing. Well, and, you know, DC works best when they do their own thing and they're not trying to connect universes. Yes. Uh, this movie, it's not connecting universes. It's not worried about that. 
but it's not like doing its own thing like Joker did. No. Or the Dark Knight series. It's like being did. separate, like completely away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think many which, of them have to do. Well, Matt Reeves, who directed the Batman, he said that his movie is not part of the DCU. Basically, he's just saying, I'm not part of that shit. I don't want to get involved well, in that. Well, and hot also, mess. and that makes more sense because look, then they can't really. Because then in that direction, there could be a little more craft to it, there could be a little more proper storyline development they could do a little more of what they want with it you know oh, yeah. and and this one was crafted pretty well it was you know, it, it if you haven't seen the first movie they do a good job in the beginning catching you up to everything that happened and then when you get to the middle acts there's however we were kind of introduced to aquaman before the first aquaman because how he just comes in just into justice league but then mm. years later during covid or in the improvement of COVID, they bring that four-hour cut of Justice League. And, of course, they couldn't do it in movie theaters because of COVID, so they threw it on yeah, and that, HBO Max that at the time. Yeah, and it was, like, four fucking hours. Like, and, nobody wants to I go think, to the theater for that. I think they did have. Some theaters did play it. But, and I'm just thinking, okay, four hours of that? I hope there was an intermission. Uh, <laughs> you know? Probably not. Yeah. But but I th- this one works because it, it has this very simple... If you've seen any comic book film... You've seen this film. And is that like a knock on the movie? Not exactly, because they're trying to play it safe and just make a likable comic book film that's competent, which The Flash tried to do, but that movie was a hot mess. It was, and honestly, I I still feel like that experience, that was probably, and I hate to say this, but The Flash, probably one of the most mediocre superhero early experiences I've had in a long time, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we knew it was going to be bad. And we, ex- I think, and we fueled a lot of our anger into that podcast we did about that kind of oh, thing. Oh, God. I, I just... I <laughs> we, just did a, we did retakes, I think. That movie <laughs> had absolutely... like it, it just was reliant on nostalgia instead of actually... Having something that was worth watching. I agree. And this one has a more, much more clear approach kind of thing. Clear approach, more creativity to it, more humor, a lot of cleverness. But Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, I'm going to say, not bad for D- for a DC film this year. Truly not yeah. bad. It's not It's not great. It's not terrible. It was much better than I was expecting it to be. Oh, because, yeah. Because, well, I, I, there was, like, red flags all over. The, the, they're, they're showing this movie today on, like, a Wednesday. It comes out tomorrow, you can, which We can watch Thursday. it in, like, 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, more, more than that, the, the review embargo isn't until, like, 9 a.m. the same day it comes out. And, it's like they don't want people to see the reviews. And, and I think they also do that to honestly force us critics to like like thinking, okay, I don't have time. I need to I need to I need to BS this shit and get my review out. I feel that's why they do this sometimes. Mm. You know? Kind of thing. Make yeah. us grudge for time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, I think it's just However, to avoid negative reviews. But this isn't a negative review. No, it's not. I, I enjoyed was ex- it. I was expecting I enjoy- one. I was I-, I was expecting to be bored to tears. I was expecting to feel and, what I saw when I saw and, Rebel Moon yesterday. And I was even expecting, yes, I was even expecting as soon as I got the announcement when they sent us the invite for this thing, 
oh, it's 3D. I'm thinking, oh, great, they're adding 3D. That maybe is a form of desperation. But no, it's not. It actually added form of enjoyment that I enjoyed, especially here. I mean, it's yeah. not IMAX 3D, but it's in the right type of cinema where 3D can be comfortable if it's the right movie for it. Yeah, and they actually, it, I, when I took the glasses off, I noticed they kind of boosted the brightness a bit. So then when you put the glasses on, it doesn't have that dark look that most 3D films have. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. 3D, like some theaters really know how to develop the 3D process a little better than others, even if it's not a 3D movie. Because 3D, because I've worked in movie theaters, mm -hmm. it all comes down to how your auditorium is set up, how the settings on your projector, the, the, the 3D technology you're using. And are you using it right? That's yeah. the other. Th that's all. That's the question that everyone will have. Are they using the 3D right? You know, right, right. in the cinema, yeah. that is. Well, here, it, I think the thing that really uh, works with a lot of movie is it has a lot of charm to it. It does. You know, there, and there's a lot of callbacks. There's Martin Short. He plays kind of like this version of Jabba the Hutt in the movie. He's the kingfish. Oh, yes. But he was like this big, fat guy, and he had like... I just thought of Jabba because he had like his own band. Jabba, yes. <laughs> and he also had and like, like a podium that he was sitting on but he was like a big fat slug oh yeah and he had like basically his like and minions around him to it, help him out and, and talk faster talk faster that moment with the where, where, where there's a moment no don't want to spoil much where 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 there's like there's a moment where where aquaman is like is gonna take someone's breathing ability away underwater he's like talk faster i'm decompressing your air so i'm just yeah. thinking and i think it's and it is in a moment with that character and i'm just thinking well like i'm glad to see you know that that even creatures have a weakness like they may be tough at first but once that element of yeah. what keeps them afloat is gone it, it makes it rather entertaining yeah. there's <laughs> also that great scene where uh aquaman's telling his brother uh king orm or he was a king and also there's uh, just a brotherhood vibe to this movie where it, ma where it makes it entertaining you're like you don't you where there's a moment where aquaman's talking about what kind of food as they're on his journey oh i oh i want a steak oh i want burgers oh i want this yeah, and that I'm was the scene i was gonna point oh, out yes. is that he he has a meat a cockroach oh yeah and he actually enjoys it that's what i like <laughs> there's joyful moments of this movie where it's both little quirky but also heartfelt and entertaining too right 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 Not not just, not just kill them all, action-packed, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but there was a lot of action in there this movie. There was action in the context that seemed accurate. Yeah, like, well, what can you do much in terms of character development with this Not film? much. I mean, you could do some <laughs> stuff, but, I mean, they kind of got to the basic of it. Uh, I feel this makes up for our experience of Rebel Moon yesterday, which I'm still wrapping my head. I keep getting writer's block writing what kind of review that piece of shit movie was. But this right. Aquaman makes up for Rebel Moon yesterday. I didn't think like, Rebel Moon was a piece of shit, but I thought it, just, I it can't was... I can't write about it properly. <laughs> I just thought it was extremely average That's when I saw or it. Or almost, to me, very, very below average. Where right. it's like it's like it could improve, then it keeps not improving. Well, it it was derivative. It's so a blank slate. It was a blank slate after a blank slate. I felt <laughs> it was so derivative of Star Wars. It lacked any real originality. And also, sometimes a movie like that, I just ask myself, did they do the writing as they were making this film? Because that's what it almost looks like. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Well, and this one, it doesn't feel like they're doing the writing as they were no, making it, not but at all. but they were going by all the beats. Yes. That you recognize. You have 
our main character who kind of catches everyone up with a little narration about their life, kind of like how you do with any Spider-Man film. Like, hey, my name's Spider-Man, yes. and I'm in New York. And da, da, da. you know, this guy's saying, I'm Aquaman, and I'm the king of Atlantis, and I have a kid, and I have a wife. And, uh, you know, and then they go into the bad guy who wants to get their revenge against Aquaman. <laughs> and then, so then you follow that plot, and the bad guy's gonna con- converge his plot to kill everyone else or do whatever the hell they want to, so then they can succeed. And then you get to the third act where they fight the bad guy, and it's a lot of CGI mayhem, and then the movie ends with. Well, I'm not going to give away the ending, but the movie <laughs> ends on a high note where everyone is okay and they get along. Oh, and yeah. If, if there was one thing with this film for a while, I'm like, okay, is something going to happen in this plot, like where someone gets affected or killed or something? And they kind of have that in there, but not a lot. Like, the stakes are high. The world's going to end. But, it, like, if there was my one, one complaint about it, it's like the stakes are high, but the consequences <laughs> seem low up until you're getting towards, like, that third act when... Black Manta arrives at Aquaman's home. I, and, ironically, yeah. now watching this movie makes me want to go to a comic book store all of a sudden. Well, the movie really does a good job bringing the comics to life. Exactly. You know? Like, do you, I mean, just imagine. I mean, I'm not going to do it tonight, obviously, but I would just be like, okay, time to go way back with Aquaman. See what, see, see which editions there are of the certain comic books to buy. Right. You know, probably will be expensive, some of them, I'm sure. Yeah. I, one thing I found surprising in the movie is that we don't find out what the Lost Kingdom is until, like, midway through the third act. And... I I kind of found that kind of confusing. It's like, why are you calling this movie The Lost Kingdom if you're not going to reveal what it is until near the end? But, I mean, once you find out what it is, it makes sense why they don't reveal it right away. But it's 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 just kind of like another thing where The Lost Kingdom, in a way, is it, there's this trident that Black Manta gets a hold of, and it has an evil power. And that evil power makes him want to bring The Lost <laughs> Kingdom back. Oh, yeah. From from the underworld, so he can destroy the rest of the world, and then he can be <laughs> you know all powerful ruler himself. Typical bad guy bullshit, right? Yes. And the, the movie doesn't spend too much time with the bad guy and their plotting. You know, most of the time it's with Randall Park who kind of plays this scientist. Who and uh, and there and I find that's where kind of with Randall Park in that film, I like how he's kind of just the person. It's almost like he's on off to the sideline it's like okay guys i'm kind of forced to do all this i want to get out of it too but mm-hmm. how do i do it and how do i do it without getting killed or others getting killed well he's working for this guy who wants to out end the no world choice. yeah and, he, and, and he's just this, there this scientist <laughs> he, 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 that wasn't what he signed up for he wanted to preserve the world but of course he's in a scenario where it's like if you quit you die kind mm-hmm, of thing mm-hmm, exactly well if he quits <laughs> he could try to go out in the middle of the arctic on his own where there's big Sea monsters and, and other things and, that can kill him. And with that, and and with that, David Kane or Black Mantle feel like, oh, he's gonna die anyway. No big deal. You know, yeah. Well, uh, and I, I was glad that they actually did that in the movie. Uh, uh, that I, they actually like with the bad guy that he actually pays the price for his actions. And there, there was this one moment where the bad guy is about to die. And Aquaman's, like, holding his arm up to help him. Yeah. And then he chooses to let himself go anyways, which, great. But uh, it was a little weird because Aquaman was killing people earlier in the film, 
And then all of a sudden, he's like, no, I don't want to kill you. You should live. Come, take my hand. And it's weird. They do that <laughs> shit with a lot of be- it's be- movies. It, and it's, it's hang beca- on. Uh, they do that <laughs> shit with a lot of movies and video games. And, uh, and now that you mention that, even though it's a movie off topic, you're making me think of that line from David Fincher's The Killer. Avoid empathy. I'm thinking, and I'm just thinking now in that moment, come on, superheroes. Let's avoid empathy here, yeah. kind of thing. Let's truly avoid the empathy. Well, phase. we literally saw him shoot a ship with a laser and kill like a bunch. Like there was a huge explosion in the ship where like a bunch of people got burned and died. And I think that came from Aquaman's ship. And he, so he's not, and he's like stabbing people left and right. And all of a sudden, he wants to save the villain. It's kind of like when you play Uncharted. And you're just yes. going around and you're shooting like people left and right and throwing grenades at them and snapping their necks. And then they go to a cutscene and the main villain of the game is about to die. And Nathan Drake is holding his hand up trying to help them. And you're going, wait a minute, why would he do that when he <laughs> mercilessly killed so many people before that? That element kind of took me out of the movie. Not took me out of the movie, but made me scratch my head a little bit when that came yeah. up. But, I mean, and the cast in the movie overall, they're pretty great. I think the chemistry between Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson worked real well. Momoa was kind of the uplifting, uh, optimistic individual who tries to deflate his stress through humor, while Patrick Wilson, his character, is very serious and (laughs) he's no bullshit. And to him, things are, you know, he doesn't use humor to diffuse situations. So you have so you have the goofy guy and the serious guy playing off of each other as siblings more than just movie characters. Patrick Wilson has always been a man of seriousness in many films, and he never really dismisses that, I feel. I feel it's just his acting style. And when you put the dynamic between his role and Jason Momoa together, it's honestly like, it's like, it's like two characters that don't mix. But that's what makes it joyful. <laughs> well, Patrick Wilson, he always kind of plays like the the whole hum, average day guy, kind of dorky guy, or the type of person where it's like needs to get their act together but doesn't. Kind of right, right. Like little little children. That's the movie I remember him for the most. See, like little know. children, Angels in America, um, Lakeview Terrace, yeah, or, or Watchmen. You know, he always kind of plays like the dorky guy Where, who who has more capabilities than you're aware of. And here, he doesn't really play a dork, but he does play someone who's really um, serious, a man of authority, and and all upset that it's that's that it's taken away from him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> however, he has to deal with the. However, he still has to help family. <laughs> right, 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 and. Uh, the, the theme of family is good, even if it's even if it's overplayed and, and I, in cinema. And I liked how this was not like him as the brother turning against Aquaman. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, there's probably gonna be a misdirection with one of with with his brother. There's gonna no, be a scene happened. where yeah, there's gonna be a scene where, where like, he I'm says to <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like he's they had a scene like that with fucking Rebel Moon. They did where someone betrayed everybody. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, predictable. That's where. That's where I had issues. I'm like, okay, I know for a fact there's a 90% chance a misdirection got, but yep, happened. Happened again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This movie doesn't play around with misdirection. It stays faithful to the characters outside of when Aquaman's trying to save the villain's and life. And if there's any form of misdirection, it's going to take its time. Like, maybe come later, maybe never come at all. You yeah. Know? You yeah. Know, kind of thing. Yeah. 
But I mean, the, the, but the movie was what? I think it was shorter than the first one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that felt like it was like that one felt really short for a super movie. I mean, it was not short, short, but quite short than I was expecting. Oh yeah, it is. See, this one is a two hours and four minutes. That's very that that's a record short time for a superhero movie because a lot of these it go over that. Yeah, well, and uh, well, the first one I think was almost two and a half hours, and yes. I, and that's what I remembered from it. I remember watching it, and I'm like. Oh my God! There's more movie left. I don't know if I could sit through Marvel's, anymore. Marvel, anything of Marvel Cinematic does that all the time, and you're like, great, much more longer credits. Oh wait, an after credit scene kind of thing. Yeah, well, uh, the Marvels that wasn't that didn't exceed two no. hours, but it was no that one. Bad. <laughs> it was. I think that one. I'm sure with everything going on back then, they're like, no, we don't need to make this longer than it needs to be. Right. Kind of thing. I right. think in that time frame, they're like, let's just release this to get this on our calendar kind well, of thing. And here's what makes a movie like Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom work and the Marvels not work. My main huge problem with the Marvels is you don't get who the villain, what the villain's motivation is. You don't. It, the villain just wants to do villainous things and you have all the Marvel girls interacting with each other and quipping and until they fight him. And it's supposed to be good fun, but I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what the stakes are. And I don't know like what, why I'm rooting against someone. And in Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, at least you have a clear villain with a clear motivation. Aquaman killed his father, and Aquaman, and he took his own kingdom, and this, this guy wants to get his kingdom back. He and, wants to take the kingdom from Aquaman after killing his father and basically taking everything from him. And a cinematic universe to this day and age, and it still is like this, it's still the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is still honestly a mess of moving parts. There's more moving parts that keep getting added as a mess. There's only one MCU film on the calendar for 2024, so that just shows how the mess has just gotten worse, and it's about to get even more worse now that Jonathan Majors is out. Well, what, what's the f movie for next year that ends? So far, it's the next Deadpool. <laughs> oh. Well, actually... Well, and I'm thinking, thank you for it being that movie. Yeah. I'm quite excited for that. Yeah, that one... And Is it going to be rated R? Oh, fuck. Excuse my French, but fuck yes, you'll well, be we've already been <laughs> swearing, so it's fine. <laughs> oh yes, I, I'm sure Dead pe Deadpool would, would would legit say, or even Ryan Reynolds would be like, "Oh, I'm not fucking doing this unless it's fucking rated R." <laughs> well, I mean that's why that film works. <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> if, if and that that was the problem. I I know I keep going back to Rebel Moon, but I had another <laughs> problem with that movie, which was it watered down the violence. <laughs> yes, when it you could tell it didn't want to. I, now that you say watered down the violence, I'm gonna say this. The the violence was watered down in Rebel Moon, but 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 we but we refilled our hydration with a lot of 3D with with Aquaman with the underwater sequences today. <laughs> right, well, <laughs> Re Rebel Moon. There's like scenes where people's heads are getting like yes, blown to bits, and, and you're supposed to be cheering. That during was Zack Snyder kind of like throwing in tad bits of technological aspects of what he's done in his previous work in a film that truly doesn't work in a right well, direction. Well, what I was gonna say was that they have like there's like a kill in that movie where you're supposed to be cheering. And the audience was silent, I think, because they didn't <laughs> show the outcome of the violence. Yeah. Where she's about to blow up this this big bad guy's head, you know, with her gun. And then it cuts away from it. And it would have been so great if the camera stayed on his head and you saw it blown to bits. Because you could get that big, oh, <laughs> moment. Uh, but you don't get that. And they robbed you of it. And uh, this movie doesn't need to rely 
on violence too much. And this and this film, though, I'll say the joyfulness is, is the joyfulness of the trident, like I've said before, that the trident of triumphs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's the best of the 3D of this movie. A lot of times, the trident coming at you. Yeah, so that that that's it had a lot of effects like that that worked, and I think this movie wouldn't, like I said before, it wouldn't work in 2D <laughs> because it's designed and, to be seen in 3D, and that's the thing with 3D. You can cheat a lot with visual effects and, and make it more believable because you you have the, you. When it's 3D and it's coming right at you, you 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 kind of can excuse the fact that the effect looks cartoony. You can. And when you're watching it on TV, uh, or if you're watching it in 2D on a screen, you can just tell how artificial everything is. Oh, and now that you talk about that, I'm going to say, a little off topic, but here's the thing. Like, literally, like, what's coming... Not far from my neck of the woods. Talk about 3D and experiences, but in Oakbrook very soon. I think you saw that me in that picture of that Ghostbusters car on social media and whatnot. Okay. That Ghostbusters car was actually to promote this new thing called Wonderverse. And Wonderverse is a VI experience where you pick which movie. It's going to be movies from like 21 Gem Street, Bad Boys, and uh-huh. Ghostbusters. You're going to feel like you're in the movie. Yeah. VI relate. I'm thinking... Wow, our world of virtual entertainment is going up the level that that we've been wanting. Yes, it'll probably be expensive, but I wonder what DC movie would be good in Wonderverse. I could see Aquaman having good Wonderverse if they ever plan to do that. But yeah, that's coming to Oakbrook. I'm sure they have a few locations, but talk about 3D and technology. That just came to my mind. But back to Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Going forward, I just wonder, when you think about people, how they're going to experience this movie, I know... It's formats, honestly. I do think, and like how we're jumping back and forth on 3D, I do think if you can handle 3D, definitely choose 3D for this movie. doesn't have to be IMAX 3D. doesn't have to be Dolby Digital 3D. Even standard 3D is fine. Maybe going in the IMAX route or a big premium route would enhance it more. But in the end, even standard 3D would be just fine. But I yeah. think it's I, – I agree. It's hard to not do this in 3D. Yeah, yeah. It's literally designed to be seen that way. And we don't get a lot of movies like that anymore that no, properly use 3D. So for that, I gave James Wan credit. I do, too. Uh, Someone who put his efforts to the 3D yeah. for, for, for the right cause, honestly. Now, I will say one, one point of contention I <laughs> – <laughs> excuse me. One point of contention that I do have with this movie – is that it almost has too much action and not a lot of stuff with characters at all. Like It goes from one sequence to the next to keep the audience's attention so they don't get bored. And when it does that, that's fine, but it becomes so repetitive where you're like, oh, it's, it's almost like a musical. It's like you know the person's about to break into song. You're oh, just yeah. waiting for when it's going to happen. In this film... You're just kind of waiting for the action scene to happen. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it's fine. But th- there's just so many times I can watch an action scene that has the same exact sort of uh, conventions that you find in most action scenes where people get thrown against walls <laughs> instead of stabbed. 
Um, and then explosions, they don't blow you up, but they just push you back if you're the oh, hero. Oh, that, that, that ha- that's happening a lot. I'm seeing that a lot more in explosions. Like, oh, shit, I reversed it. It's still too late. Then that person still lives. Yeah. You know? They just, it causes them to, like, be knocked back instead of and then being a lot blown of, up. And a lot of times you're thinking, Jesus Christ, just kill that enemy, you know? Right. Times. Right. I feel they do that to try and just keep adding more CGI sometimes. A lot right. of the times they just keep it going. But well, in this day and age, the studios will, will go to the max of what they can afford to do nowadays. Yeah. I feel that it becomes so much about that over storyline so much. And that's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. Th- th- there's not a lot of de- like there's a there's a little bit of development. You know, Aquaman finds out that his kid has hidden powers and. Aquaman and his brother, they mend their sort of wounds from their checkered past. And Atlantis, you know, spoilers. It's just a spoiler territory, folks, if you want to get in here. Atlantis exposes themselves to the world so then they can help others. So, you know, there's there's that kind of stuff. But even the Atlantis thing isn't... Well, the character development thing with Atlantis was that Aquaman wants to learn how to become a leader. He doesn't really like having the uh, role of being the king of Atlantis, but he takes the responsibility anyways. I agree. And, and also he has to learn how to like that responsibility and how to actually be uh, uh, effective with it. But as And he kind of learns that in the end of, of okay, we got to show the world who... Atlantis is. Yes. And he does and that and that's kinda how that ties into it. But yeah, there's a little bit of character development there, but it's padded with so much action. I'm kinda going, all right, I would like to see something more I would like to see a talking scene a little more than just boom boom action, fight, fight, and, fight. And going forward according to IMDB and Jason Momoa, it seems like we're gonna be seeing a whole lot of Jason Momoa do the same type of roles where it's like either playing a bad guy or or other type of adventurous roles. Like, okay, he's going to be in the next Fast and Furious once again yeah, kind of thing, which which does kind of fit in. But I'm just thinking for Momoa, it, for him, it's basically going to be tough guy this, tough guy that, no matter if it's good guy or bad guy. Because that's where it's truly at for him, obviously. I, I think that's, that's his niche. But it is. I, I think to, to wrap things up, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom... If I were to rate this film, I would give it three Guinnesses out of four. I would say, and I do my star rating on the on the four star scale: one being poor, two being fair, three being good, four being a four being excellent. I'm gonna put this one. This one for me, it's falling at the right solid three out of four stars because yeah. because it does it, it it's made kind of r- just right to the point. Right to the point where there's joyfulness and a layer of new adventures yeah. that I was not expecting. And I was yeah. taken by surprise by it how does, much fun I had. It doesn't overstay its welcome like the first one does. And it, the jokes land, they work. And the chemistry between the brothers uh, is is potent throughout the film. And the movie is entertaining. And it's not, and it's not too, and it also has the, again, I like the subtext of global warming in it. (laughs) I like how it actually has something to say about we should take care of our planet because if we don't, we all know what's going to happen. We'll be underwater. The the Atlanteans will be fine, but we won't. So, you know, the the whole point of the Atlanteans actually want to preserve humanity and save everyone from being trapped underwater by having uh, Black Mantis uh, accelerating the 
the melting of the uh, polar ice caps. By stopping him, you know, they're saving the world in a way that we can relate to since our polar ice caps are melting. But, yeah, I would say Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, I surprisingly liked it. I gave it three out of four. You gave it three out of four. So go check it out if it's in 3D if you want to see a movie this weekend. There are plenty of other films to see as well. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to lo- watch something that is the most surface-level, easy-to-access film, this is probably the easiest and one to I, And also, enjoy. like, and even if the holidays and whatnot, also, like, even though we, even though we aren't going to talk about a whole range of best films or not, but also films like you could, if you're thinking about seeing a movie Christmas Day, this would be the, one, this would be a fun one. Also, for those who have, if you're a mature audience and got kids that can, and, and got, got adult kids you can go see the iron claw kind of thing is what well. iron <laughs> iron claw would be probably the best christmas movie for those who can handle it'll it get, it'll get you depressed as hell but well yeah, not, well at least there's something revolutionary or monumental because when you think about it christmas day is the busiest day of the year at movie theaters and with everything closed people are gonna be like okay had my dinner open our presents well what now oh let's go to a movie yeah yeah and aquaman is like if you just want something that's uh, fun Dumb waste, of, you know, d- dumb waste of two hours. You know, it could do that because it is, it is, it is. It's a, it's a dumb film, but it has some smart elements to I it. I agree. The the global warming stuff is smart, you know, and the uh, humor is. Uh, and I, th- smart. I think I, I'm even thinking about watching movie Chris and Mike. I know you've already seen this, and and I'm and but with me when I when I see these films. I try to see it on a big screen a lot of times over streaming because even though I am a fan of Netflix and whatnot, I, I will probably be watching Society of the Snow while it's at a big screen mm-hmm. near me because I just feel that's the type of film to have a big screen experience for. So oh, yeah. if I were to watch a movie on Christmas, I'm choosing Society of the Snow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> especially that plane crash. Yeah. Holy and shit. And also just something different, mm-hmm. not your typical blockbuster experience, you know, mm-hmm. where it's still something. Even your... A film that's not your typical blockbuster can still be an amazing movie experience. Yeah, well, Society of Snow it was that, but Aquaman and the mm-hmm. Lost Kingdom. Ghost is a fun family movie. You know, Amber Heard's in it, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, oh yes. I wonder will she will she be making anything back from this? But even if she does, oh, yeah. it's not going to be much. I'm sure. Even if she's like, oh Johnny, I got some of this from Aquaman. I can picture him be like, that's not enough. Yeah, he's uh, they're not talking. That, that's oh no! Over. Or that that chapter is closed. Oh yeah, and him and his daughter are kind of getting back at her. I feel even though his daughter had an HBO show that failed, kind of thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I know. I know his daughter was in that Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, it, it was called like Wiener or something. Uh, I don't she know. did. She did this movie called The Idol on HBO, which only went for one season because that was such a mess. Because the director, the director left. When they were almost done of production, I had to get someone else. Then they revamped the whole script, so that's why it just made a disaster. <laughs> well, we're kind of rambling yeah, at we this are. point. Yeah, we are. We're rambling. But, hey, but but hey, this doesn't do much justice for Amber Heard. But otherwise, if you plan on watching Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, you can watch it starting starting Thursday, mostly in late afternoon, it's, surprisingly. It's going to be available to see when this podcast is up. If you want to check out Tarek's stuff, you can check out the link that'll be in the description. It's moviesatarek.com. If you like the stuff you saw, you'll probably, you know, I always thinking I should switch it to hopefully. <laughs> you know, you'll hopefully agree with us on the film. And if you don't, respectfully tell us why. Don't call us a bunch of fucking idiots or something like that. Anyways, folks, 
I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll see you in Atlantis. If you lead, the Seven Kingdoms will follow. 